Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, welcome to Nobody Panic with me, Stevie. And me, Tessa. And today we're coming to you live from the Astronomy Tower. From space. <laughs> we're, we're coming to space. We're on, on the, moon. the space shuttle. We're doing stargazing live. I'm so excited about this episode. But yes, we are a podcast where we will help we try and help you with things. This week we thought Christmassy, sure. Stargazing, that's Christmassy. And we got a message from um, Abigail. Abby Beale, who is the uh, freelance science journalist and the author of The Art of Urban Astronomy, A Guide to Stargazing Wherever You Are. Yes, mm. please. Abby, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, oh my thank God, you for coming thank on. you for coming on. We, When you said, can I come on and talk about stars? We were like, yes, yes, anytime, please. any, yes, obviously, yes. <laughs> Before we start, though, uh, do you have an adult thing uh, for this week? Yeah, I do. So last week I chatted to Brian May. Oh my what? God. What for? What was the what was the <laughs> but, thing? What for? So he also, apart from being like the guitarist in Queen, he also has a PhD in astrophysics. And he's of got like he a series he's also really into 3D images. So um he's got a new book out which is like 3D pictures of cosmic clouds. And um, I interviewed him about his book for Wired. So it's really, it's really cool. He's a really, really nice man. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you do it over Zoom? Could you see his big hair? No, I couldn't. It was just on the phone. But you oh. could feel that his big hair was there. Like, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Just like, that was the vibe. <laughs> That's, That's so cool. Oh He's God. Nice Who did man. you interview him? Where did you, where did you publish your piece or where will it be published? It will be on Wired. Oh Excellent. my god, you're such a cool girl. That's <laughs> why it is Tessa's, such a cool magazine. Mag- crying. Oh god, just why it is such a cool magazine. So you've already set your bar out as being very cool. Uh so go on, impress us more. Let's take that into stargazing. What, um, what, yeah, what, where should we begin? What got you into stargazing in the first place? So I I got into stargazing because I became obsessed with physics when I was like a teenager. So not having cool. all. Haven't we all? Yeah. Absolutely for me, not. Greek not. for me, Greek mythology. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please. Love that. For me, uh, drinking under the underpass. <laughs> 
tonight. Listen, we've all got something to bring. So you're into physics. Yeah. So I, I, um, I got this book that was all about physics and I got really into it. And then I studied physics at uni. And during that, we did like modules about astronomy. So we learned about the stars and how the earth moves and how you can, how that relates to what you can see in the sky. And it was kind of from that point that I got into actually like looking at the stars and thinking about what I was seeing and things. So before then I kind of knew like the basic constellations, but um, yeah, that was when I got like really into it. You went from being somebody quite interested to being like writing a book about it. Tell us a little bit about the book so that people can, yeah. if, if they're interested in more. Have a read. Yeah. So a- after I, um, I've been working as a freelance journalist for like four years now, and I mostly cover physics and space um, news and features and things like that and then the book is um it's like it's basically an introduction to stargazing and it's aimed at people in cities because I think a lot of people think when you're in a city you can't really see that much um so it kind of starts off with the brightest things you can see the things that are close by like the planets and meteors and things like that um and then it kind of goes further away so like stars and then to um like the Andromeda galaxy, which is the furthest thing you can see with the naked eye. And um, it's it's kind of, so it's called urban astronomy, but really it's um, for anyone because, you know, you can, whatever you can see in a city, you can see in a dark sky area, but like you can obviously see way more as well. And um, it's for people all around the world. Like I obviously live in the Northern Hemisphere, so that's like what, what I know the best in terms of the sky, but I did write it sort of aimed at everyone around the world. Yeah, it sort of blew my mind. I, I think quite recently, uh, embarrassingly recently, I was like, if you're in Australia, the sky is different. Couldn't yeah. quite cope with that. I don't think I've ever actually been to the Southern Hemisphere because I'm not a very well-travelled in, in individual. But so how, like, is it, how much of the constellations are different like is it is it completely different or are they all in like different places or is it like so yeah so some of them you can see from all around the world so like anything that lies kind of near the equator or near this line called the ecliptic which is um the the line the sun kind of traces across the sky in a year um so all the constellations that are on that they're called the zodiac constellations so they're ones that are in astrology um you can see them from anywhere in the world and there's lots of constellations like Orion that you can see from most places. Um, and then you've got things that are near the North Pole, like the like the North Star and constellations near there. You can only see in the Northern Hemisphere. Que- quest- question. So sorry to come in with a question so quick. The North Star, it never moves, right? It's always yeah, yeah. over the North Pole. Um, yeah. How? So... Um, I think it helps to think about the reason the sky is moving, um, which is obviously the sky, the stars aren't moving, we're moving. What? Um, (laughs) 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 So like the earth is spinning on an axis and it spins around the the, um, axis of rotation, which goes through the North Pole. So the North Pole, if you stood right on the North Pole, you're not actually spinning. It's that that point is stood still. Oh my so, god! Uh, okay, so, so every night of the year, your view, your star from the North Pole is the same. Your night sky is yeah. always the same. Uh, oh. From the North Pole, yeah. But it also depends on the fact that well, the Earth is I, also moving around the Sun. So you, the, the constellations that you can see on the ecliptic, the zodiacal ones, they change around um, in the year depending on where the Earth is around the Sun. But uh, on the course of over the course of one night, Earth spins and 
all of the constellations look like they're kind of going around like a clock face all around the North Star. But the North Star, it does actually wobble a tiny, tiny bit because it's not quite bang on the top uh, above the North Pole, but it's pretty much like above the North Pole. Should we be more sort of miraculously impressed that directly above our North Pole is a star? Or is that like, given how many stars there are, that it's it's not unlikely that we've got that? It's quite cool. But also um, the North Star is going to change in like a few thousand years. So To what? <laughs> to, to another what? star. So, to, a, to a cake? What's what? happening? To what? Um, so basically, we're, so the Earth is spinning, um, but it's spinning on an axis. Um, it's like 23.5 degrees, like tilted that way towards the sun. So that's why we have the seasons. Um, and, but that, the axis that it's spinning is also moving like a gyroscope. So, you know, like um, a spinning top. Mm-hmm. The way like an moves. Inception, that film at the end. Yeah, is going yeah, to yeah. So as it, as it spins, it kind of makes a big circle. And we're, the Earth is doing that, but over a really slow period, like I think it's like 23,000 years or something like that. Um, and so eventually in like another 16,000 years or something, we'll have a different North Star, which will be, um, I think it's Vega, which is like another bright star in the Northern Hemisphere. So as in, as in like, rather than the North Star itself will change into, into a cake, the position, yeah. the, the role, the official role of North Star yes. will be passed to a different star and they'll, and it yeah. will be their succession. Oh, very fun. Yeah. And then it'll, exciting come, it'll come back to the North so, Star again so, in like another however many years. Oh my God. Huge deal. So, so exciting. Like job, job sharing. In yeah. yeah. You love to see it. You love well, people getting different opportunities. Yeah. Good for Vega. You know, we're all thinking And it. also... At the moment, there's no South Pole star. Um, there's nothing above the South Pole, Tough. but there will be one at some point. And oh my so, god! Will the and our, and the same with the North Pole? Like, if you were stood on the South Pole, would your night sky throughout the year always be the same? Same situation? Directly above you, it would be yeah. And then they've got a thing called the Southern Triangle, which helps you find direction of south for like navigation. You know, like back in the day when people used yeah. the North Star for navigating. Well, you'd be screwed if you did that and then it's changed. And you were like, yeah. oh, okay. I was go- I was going in the right direction. Now I've absolutely screwed it up. I was going to say, do you know anything about the sort of like broad history of Stargate? Like wh- what we used to use it for and everything? Yeah, I do. I um, So basically there's, um, I think, pretty much every kind of civilization have used stargazing in some way. And a lot of different, you can still see a lot of the influences of that like today. So the Mayans, for example, they used it for, um, they used stars to like try and predict the future. And that's why, I think it was in 2012, do you remember when they um, said it was going to be the end of the world? Mm. Yeah, and then they thought, oh, maybe they've got it wrong, it's 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, that was from the Mayans looking at the stars. And also the ancient Chinese used it for um, keeping track of time. And also that's where we got astrology from because they were really into the zodiac constellations. And then, but um, yeah, and then like the ancient Greeks um, were really into the constellations. And that's why most of the constellations today are named after like Greek mythology. But I think lots of different, um, like at at the time when the Greeks were naming the constellations, obviously other people around the world were studying the stars and naming them after their own stuff. And lots of the stars are individual star names are come from arabic so um there's quite a big islamic astronomy like influence on the names of stars but i think i don't know why they're chosen um why they've chosen the greek mythology ones but the, that that's just like the official 
um, the in- International Astronomical Union named the 88 constellations. And I think most of them come from Greek mythology. This is 88? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's insane, isn't it, to think of so like thousands and thousands of years ago, they were made able to make these huge mathematical and geographical yeah. and incredible discoveries and stuff, like purely based on like some good maths and the stars. Like that's... Yeah, it's amazing. If I may, I've got an experience about stargazing. I've always wanted to, can only see the plough slash Big Dipper slash Big Pan. That's all I've been able to yeah. see. And in October of this year, I think, or I think it was October, it might have been September, maybe you can tell me, um, Mars was apparently like the most bright, yeah. just dead bright. I don't know what yeah. the stats were, but quite bright. And I, whenever I see, see these things, I'm always like, cool, not for me though, because I won't be able to spot it. I went outside and I downloaded the, um, I think Google have, I think it was the Google app where you like point mm. your phone and it shows you the constellations. But then yeah. it's like, Oh, but yeah, but do you want me to point it flat or do you want me to point it like a pointer? Like, and I, but I don't know which one. And, but then after about 20 minutes, we found Mars and it was so bright and stared at it for about half an hour. It actually was the highlight of my entire year. So I just wanted to say, if you feel like you can't, you actually can have a, it is a bit of effort, but you can have a go. It was, it so, is, yeah. it was so amazing to like look at, although to be honest, I, I probably could have been looking at a plane. And that is, the thing that, again, is the issue. Like, I was going to ask you, is, is, there a, is there a way other than just does it move that you can ch- see, if, like, to know whether it's a star, a plane or a satellite? Yeah. So, so it is mostly to do with how they move, but planes will have, like, flashing lights. Of course. Um, and wings. <laughs> and, yeah, maybe you'll see the wings. So a satellite will move across the sky quite quickly, but it will be like a consistent white light because they they all, the only reason we see them is because they reflect the light from the sun. So right. it's just like a normal light it doesn't flash. It's not like green or anything. And um, they move quite quickly. So the space station, which is the biggest satellite, will move, will take about four minutes, I think, to cross the sky. So you, oh, can, right, move, that's you can see it moving, but but it's not like, super fast if you see something that's like a flash of light like moving really really fast that would be a meteor and they they look bright and then they kind of like fizzle out really quickly a shooting star Um, yeah shooting star and to tell the difference between planets and stars is a is a wee bit trickier because when you look at them they kind of they you can't tell they're moving but if you watch them for like an hour you'll see the planets move like relative to the stars but the main thing is the planets are usually quite low in the horizon if you see them just after like sunset for example at the moment you can see jupiter and saturn just after sunset and they're really bright oh okay what so, i oh yeah no you go no i'm full of questions you stay seated. okay i was gonna say just like i'm trying to think of like to ease in like what are the easy nice boys that's exactly my question i was gonna say if we go big dipper orion's belt what is number three because yeah. nobody knows I don't know any. what orion's belt is yes yes you do three three in a little yeah, but, line but this is the issue whenever I look at the sky I'm like yeah there's loads of three in a line but I suppose uh, to use an app or something s- would you recommend using an app or like that night sky app yeah I, I think apps are really great like especially if you are just starting out and you're somewhere like in a city because the problem with apps is the light from your phone if you're like you know if you're in the middle of the darkest place ever and you've adjusted your eyes for like an hour and then you look at your phone you won't be able to see anything but in a city where you're just trying to tell if it's a planet or if it's like a bright constellation then apps are amazing because there's so many free ones and 
and all you literally do is hold them up and look where you're looking and it just says like it comes up with like a massive thing of like Mars or Venus or Saturn and it is the screen so it's like just so everyone's aware if you're supposed to do it like you're looking through your screen like a little mini window you're not supposed to point it like a remote control which (laughs) I've been doing for a long time because that'll show you what it's like on the south pole under the ground yeah (laughs) oh god the amount of times I've been like I can't see anything that I'm this is telling me but the the one (laughs) that I've used is called night sky um yeah and it's a, it, it it constantly tells you that you need to like pay, but you don't. You just keep going skip, no. skip, skip, and then you can yeah, use the, yeah. the free one. It's very cool. You just have to like, yeah. They, they all have like an advert for the upgrade or whatever, but just skip that, and then it comes it goes through to tell you what you're looking at. So our our good our, our good solid but boys, Stevie. Do you know Do you know oh. how about the north, how the North Star is in relation to the? Isn't that on the tail of the big yeah, oh, panhandle okay. of the Big Dipper? Everyone, everyone knows then. Fine, fine, fine. So, yeah. So if you think of the Big Dipper as a, or like the plow as a pan, yeah. you've got the handle and then you've got like the bowl or what would you pan call it? Pan bit. Yeah, pan bit. <laughs> the way you put the eggs. The pan, yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking at it um, side on, you've got the handle and then, and then on the other side, um, there's two stars that make up like the, what would I guess be like the side of the pan. And if you go from bottom to top, draw a line, like imaginary line that way, and then keep going, that's how you get to the North Star. But how do you know when you're there? Is it the brightest one you, in that line? In that area, yeah, it's the brightest cool. kind of one. This yeah. entire time I've been like, and there's the panhandle, that's north. <laughs> right, that's such a, Stevie, such a shame. Uh, Stevie at sea, just constantly. Uh, just, like, I'm, my, it's my this way, guys. Spinning. Off we go. Spinning. And also I'm screaming because I've just found out that's going to change. So I'm like, <laughs> guys, at any moment, it will change. We don't know when. I'll get a tweet, I imagine. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Okay, yes, please. More, 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 more. So Orion, <laughs> Orion's a really good one to start from. Okay. Because it's really easy to recognize because you have got the three stars of, of the belt. <laughs> Not all of us can, so just... just, just, just it's, it feels like luck of the it. draw, finding Orion. It does, like, yeah. You, I don't know. When you see him, you see him, but yeah. you can't look for him. That's, so his, he, that's, <laughs> that's his magic. So he's... Um, 
rising he's like a he's a winter constellation so it's not visible all year round at the moment it's rising at about eight o'clock I think maybe half eight nine um and then into December and January it starts to rise earlier and then it's visible all night so in like autumn it's quite hard to see unless you're up like really late so and he it rises in the east and then it kind of like does like a big circle around the North Pole. And if you see this, if you see three stars that you think might be Orion's belt, um, then if you look above to the left of them and if you see like a quite, quite a bright red star and then below to the right of them, you should see a really bright kind of blue looking star. Um, and those are the two brightest stars in the constellation of Orion. And if you see them, then you'll know that that's definitely the, the belt and you've got Orion. Okay, great. And then once you find Orion, you can use it to find Sirius, which is the brightest star in the sky. The bear? The dog. Dog? Oh. <laughs> Sirius Black. Oh, yeah, of yeah, course. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I've shamed um, us all. So <laughs> if you go from right to left um, in Orion's belt and then keep that line going, you get to a really, really bright star. And that and it, and Sirius really looks like it's flickering, like lots of different colours. So it's really bright and it really looks like it's flickering. So you you can probably so that's um that's the brightest star in the night sky. And when you're like so you've you're excited, you want to see these three stalwarts of the night sky. Buy is it good to buy like a little cheap telescope? I would say start off with binoculars because um telescopes are they are great, but lots of people spend so much money on telescopes and then never use them. And binoculars are really easy to like take anywhere. And also you can see so much with them. So you can see the moon, the four moons of Jupiter with binoculars. And earlier in the year, I saw there was a comet that was visible and I looked through binoculars and, and it, you could really see it's like tail and how it was like kind of green. It was amazing. Just with like, they're quite big binoculars um, to see that kind of thing, but they're much cheaper and easier to take anywhere than telescopes. When you say so, uh, sorry, there's like so many questions as well. But like when when you say you know that you there was a, you knew that there was a, like a meteor happening, so you like got your binoculars. Also, same with me and Mars. I came across it because it was like a random tweet someone had re- retweeted. Yeah. I never see these things. Is yeah. what's a, what's the best? Like, is there a really good like Twitter profile to follow, or is 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 there a really good like website to check that tells mm. you when this cool stuff is happening? Because I think that's like half the battle being like well I yeah. know I, I, I didn't know Jupiter's moons were out <laughs> no one told me yeah well I so I'll, I'll plug myself here because I write a newsletter every week which um every Monday I send a newsletter out that tells people what's coming up that week oh and my what god oh my god yes what's your newsletter I'm signing up now as we're recording <laughs> it's called at the moment it's called lockdown stargazing because I I started to try to help people in the second lockdown you know because the nights are so dark and people can't go for like walks and then at night after work anymore so I thought it'd be a good opportunity for people to come up to start like a new hobby and um, yeah but other than that there is really there's a website called Stellarium which you can basically it's like a desktop software thing you don't have to download anything and um you plug in exactly where you live and what time you want to look and it shows you what the sky will look like so you can go any time in the future or like hundreds of years in the past and it shows you what this guy looked like back then it's really cool oh my lord that's amazing how, sorry, you, how can people find your newsletter i'm really bad with the newsletters and don't know what to do 
So like that's on, on my website, on my which is abigailbeal.com or on my Twitter is probably the easiest way because I have it on my like bio thing on my Twitter. Which is at Abby Beal? Abby right? Beal, yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, so yes, do that. And then yes, but then, oh, looking at the past and looking at old skies. You look at the sky yeah. when you were born and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, or oh, you can look nice. at like old eclipses and things like that. Um, but that app is good for planning, like when you want to look at stuff. But other than that, there's um, websites like earthsky.com, I think, do like a roundup of what's coming up. And if you, I think it's a good idea to sort of have a look at that and maybe put a few things in your diary. So you, you if you're interested in like an eclipse or um, planets doing something in particular, if you've got it in your diary, then you'll you'll be able to think, oh yeah. Because it does feel like, it's one of those things that you kind of go, it's so easy to forget how yeah. monumentous those things are when you see, because like, in your, your, your day-to-day life, you're like, oh, I've got to go to Sainsbury's and I've got to pick that up and yeah. there's a comet, like fine. But when you actually like <laughs> do it, because I remember when I was little, there was a comet, and I don't know what comet it was, but it passed really close to the earth and it was like, yeah. um, I was about- Hayley? It might have been because it was a, was a big one when we were little. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think yeah. it was, and it was, and it looked like it was. Um, you could. It was like a cartoon comet. Yeah. It was like the full tail, and it was just sort of in the sky. It, it looked. Fro- it looked like frozen, but it, if you looked, it was moving really, really slowly. And I, it was one of the most like incredible. I still think about it. It was one of the most like incredible things that's ever happened. Like I, I can't. I couldn't. It, like it, it, it makes you feel so. It's like the. It's like the thing of like. We all love the moon because when you look at it, you're like, God, there are things so much bigger than me. Yeah. And it helps. It really can help you. It can feel quite like therapeutic. So it yeah. might be quite a nice thing. If you're really struggling with like perspective and you're really feeling like you're getting caught up in your own your own your own self, but to yeah. like have a look at what's happening in the night sky around you and millions of miles away, reminding yourself that you're on a little rock and uh yeah. you know quite nice can i can i ask a, persp- a perspective question is it true that the the light of the stars that we're looking at they did <laughs> they, they, like in the lion king <laughs> yeah so, like they that they've already gone out but so far it's so, the light has taken such a long time to get to us that we don't know is that truth yeah that could yeah but so basically everything you look at you're looking back in time um, even if you're looking at like your hand, you're looking like a tiny, tiny fraction of a second back in time because the light takes like that amount of time to reach your eyes. But it starts yeah. to actually like have an impact when you look at. So, for example, the moon light takes 1.3 seconds from the moon to reach your eyes. OK. Um, and from the sun, it's like eight minutes. And then the stars, it's obviously like much longer. So Sirius, um, it takes eight years for light to reach us from there. It's eight light years away. And then the Andromeda galaxy, which you can see with the naked eye, is 2.5 million light years away. So it's taken like two and a half million years to reach you from there. So if they looked at us, would they be able to see yeah. the dinosaurs? Yeah, that's that's the, that's the theory. <laughs> well, Stevie, yeah. that's the theory about why the aliens aren't coming to us yet because they think they think there's dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, that's the theory. <laughs> Say they had a telescope that was strong enough to look what they would be looking at because of how long it takes the light to get would be the past. It wouldn't be today, right? Because they'd be looking mm-hmm. at 2.5 yeah. million years yeah. in the past. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So some of these stars, like you say, might have died ages ago and we just don't know yet. Yeah. Um, but one, the one that is quite fun to think about is Betelgeuse, which is in Orion, which I mentioned before. It's the one that's like the really red star that's kind of above and to the left of Orion's belt. And it's a 
giant it's a red giant star so it's really massive and they they burn through their fuel really fast so they don't live very long I mean it's like a few million years old I think but in star star ages that's not very long and um so Betelgeuse in terms of like its life it could die any day now so um it, well, what happened when it dies? It, so when it dies it'll have it'll go it'll be this explosion called a supernova and it'll like have a massive explosion and then it'll collapse and form like I don't know maybe a neutron star or a black hole but when it does the supernova we'll be able to see it from earth for like two weeks it'll be as bright as the moon so you'll be able to see it in the day <gasps> but <laughs> that could happen like tomorrow or it could happen in like a million years but whoa 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 we can't we, we can't deal with that level of, of time planning <laughs> Why, okay. why, why is it, why is it, why is it tomorrow or a million years? Like why? Because we know he's a red, if you've got a red giant, it could be any day. Yeah. Yeah. Because of how old it is and its size and things like that, they think that it's reaching the end of its like life cycle. But because stars live for such a long time, the error margin in that is actually like a really long time. Right. So of course, it could, of course. It, it, so like it's kind of reaching that age in its life where it will go supernova, but we don't know exactly. We can't put it when. It puts like turning 30 into stuff. It's fine. Because it's such a bright star, because it's quite quite near to us. And um, it's such a like important star because it's in Orion and everyone like knows Orion. Yeah. So, so Orion's just going to have two stars at the end of it. Two no, stars his, and a big it's old his, explosion. It's his, it's his foot, right? His foot's going to go. It's his shoulder, his shoulder. His shoulder, shoulder like, sorry. His, his sorry. Like, left shoulder. Oh, wow. Okay. But that's why, so if you um, Google Beetlejuice, you'll see loads of articles about like, oh, it's because recently it had been like going bright and then dim again and bright again. So people were like, oh my goodness, it's going to explode. But I don't think it will, but. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Can we, could we have one more after Sirius? Could we have one more thing that we could look out for in the, in the sky so I can confidently point and say, oh, there's, there's somebody. Another constellation that is quite easy to find in the Northern Hemisphere is Cassiopeia. Okay. Cassiopeia. Which yep. is, yeah. Which is like a W shape mm-hmm. or an M depending on um, where you, what the, where, where it is and where you're looking from. Cassiopeia um is circumpolar which means that it never sets below the horizon it's always like circling the pole star so if you find the north star or if you kind of know where north is like you can get like a compass on your phone or just get the app really um and you can find Cassiopeia which is like a which is a a small constellation but it's really easy to see because it's like a really clear w and then once you find it if you look at the kind of right V of the W, which is like a bit deeper than the one on the left. If you use that as like an arrow, it points towards the Andromeda galaxy. So, and the Andromeda galaxy, I'm an idiot. Is this the nearest galaxy to the Milky Way? It's the nearest major galaxy. So we've got like satellite galaxies, which are smaller galaxies that orbit the Milky Way. Um, But the Andromeda galaxy is the nearest, um, yeah, like major galaxy to the Milky Way. And it's um, the furthest thing you'll ever be able to see with the naked eye. So we, we're we a galaxy and Andromeda is a totally separate. Sorry if this is so thick. Is everybody in the Milky Way going around the sun? No. No. So we Just are our solar system within our, our massive solar galaxy. System. Yeah. yeah. So okay. we are kind of on the we edge. So- we should have explained. We should have asked you to explain what a galaxy and a star <laughs> is. We haven't done yeah. that. So the Milky Way is like um, a spiral and it, and we're kind of, we're all orbiting. There's actually a supermassive black hole at the centre of the Milky Way. 
um like the muse song yeah called sagittarius what's it a doing star. what's it doing and are we worried <laughs> <laughs> no no it, most galaxies if not all galaxies have a black hole at the center and that is just the the gravity from that keeps everything together so so our sun is is circling the supermassive black hole yeah our, we're our sort whole of circling solar with it. system is sort of going yeah around and how that. many like solar systems are within the milky way is it just like a, that's so many to count so in terms of plan other planets there's about four and a half thousand confirmed planets that we found in the in the milky way uh, but in terms of stars <laughs> there's about 100 mil 100 billion stars that's is having an milky absolute way. I just was laughing then, so much at our faces being like, what? And then uh, apart from um, our galaxy, outside our galaxy, there's about 200 billion other galaxies. Yeah, I can't. That's where I'm out, I'm afraid. <laughs> I was out uh, of 4,000 other planets. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Let me just say, how do we, how do we know this stuff? Like how, how do we, how do we know? What an amazing bit of time that we're living in, that we're suddenly at the forefront of this, like, of this Stargate, you know. Yeah, a hundred years ago, um, we didn't know that there were any other galaxies. So like a hundred years ago in the 1920s, they, and also they hadn't even discovered Pluto yet. Pluto was discovered in 1930. And then now we know that thanks to like, obviously, you know, telescopes on Earth and also space telescopes. Um, the way that they discover other planets is really cool because they basically study the light from the stars and then they look for like tiny flickers when the light dims a bit and it's when the planet is like going in front of that star and they look at the patterns of that to work out if it's just one one planet doing that or if it's like two or three and they can work out loads of of, um, information about how big the planet is, how far away it is from its star, whether it might be able to have water on it and things like that god it's unbelievable it really is now is there anything any tips about stargazing that you haven't had a chance to say that you would like to say my tips probably are just download an app and also take a hot water bottle don't get cold because it can be really like it's just not fun if you're stood out in the cold take something to put down on the grass as well because you don't want to be like craning your neck the whole time yeah um so like a picnic blanket is good or um like a camping chair or something and yeah just enjoy it take your friends how long should you want to commit to to at least like 12 hours 12 hours (laughs) dawn till dusk (laughs) I think it's better to start in like manageable chunks so even if you just want to look out your window and find some planets like you don't even have to leave the house you know until you you know that you're interested in it and then maybe get some friends together go to a park and um what you know if you stargaze for like 15 minutes half an hour if you've been looking for like if you're doing it seriously and you're getting away from light pollution it takes 40 minutes for your lights to fully for your eyes to fully adjust to the dark so um if you're wanting to like see the milky way or something you you need that amount of time but if you're just um if you if you just want to like see a few stars some planets and maybe like a couple of meteors then half an hour to an hour then is great because even if it's not even if it's not a meteor shower if you're stargazing for about an hour you'll probably see like one or two shooting stars as well is like summer the best time for shooting stars there's different meteor showers or um or like around the course of the year because it's um they're all created by bits of like dust or 
rock that have come off asteroids or comets and we're kind of going through that trail as we go around the sun summer is better I think for looking at meteor showers because you've got to kind of look between midnight and sunrise so like midnight to 3 a.m is the best time and in the middle of winter it's just going to be way too cold and yeah and probably cloudy as well so it has to obviously be clear for you to see the meteors and um, in summer you can like make a m- more of a fun thing of it and like go with your friends and it's not get yeah, the not drinks like in cold. get some yeah. food in yeah watch a meteor shower it's a delight guys get yeah. out there I yeah. love this so much this is really like just it's just been really interesting and it's really cheered me up Thanks. This has been much, amazing. Abby. I feel so inspired. I'm going to go learn. I'm going to sign up to your newsletter. I'm 100% yeah, signing up to the newsletter. It. We'll put the, for everyone listening, the newsletter link is in the show notes. Thank you so much, Abby. That was so helpful. Thank so you. wonderful. Um, follow Abby um, at Abby Beale um, uh, on, on, on Twitter. Sign up to the news newsletter and buy her book, The Art of Urban Astronomy, A Guide to Stargazing, wherever you are. Just, is it- uh, may I just say that the cover is delightful. Is it available everywhere and everyone is out in shops? Yeah, it is. And it's being published in America in like December. So it'll be available there as well. Oh, our stateside listeners is coming your way too. I'm so (laughs) excited to buy it. I can't wait. Yes, me too. Me too. And Um, um, please do uh, follow us at Nobody Panic Pod. Uh, I'm at Stevie M, the S is a five. Tessa, what's your handle? <laughs> I'm at Tessa Coates. Um, no way. The, the S, the, uh, the Gmail is uh, nobodypanicpodcast at gmail.com. If you too are a professional in some amazing field and want to talk to us about it, we'd love to have you. Yeah, um, that'd be nice. I'll this has been this. so, so interesting. A genuinely a, an absolute joy. Go and have a look at the sky. Just get into perspective a little bit. Yeah, right. See a meteor. Thanks so much. Um, Thank you so much, Abby, and thank you all for listening. Thank Um, you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. We have a podcast and... 
Oh, it might be. I, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brands.